Patas. 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 Welcome to Fart House, where we watch the artsiest, fartsiest films so that you can pretend that you did. I am your host, Casey O'Brien. I'm joined by other equal host, Patrick Mallon. Patrick, how are you? Doing pretty good back in the ATX. Uh, ATX. Yes, Austin. Austin, Texas. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, had a nice weekend. Went for a run around the lake. Um, what lake? Hung out. Well, it's a, it's a river, but they call it a lake. In San Diego? No, no, no. In Austin. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I forgot you moved there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Even though I literally just said I'm back in Even ATX. though you literally just, we just confirmed that. I seconds forgot ago. <laughs> immediately, much like a Men in Black uh, mind erasure yes. device. I forgot. Yeah. Um, okay, very good. You're running machine. I've been running a lot more. Yeah, I have. Um, I'm trying, cool. I'm aiming to do a half marathon in February. We'll see if that ends Whoa. up happening. Have you ever done a half marathon before? Mm-mm. No. Mm, but you, you famously do done the LA marathon. I did. I can't remember. Didn't if we work out for another five years. On, I can't remember if we have this. either. Uh, I wonder at what point know, we just start telling the same anecdotes over and over. I think that's already <laughs> happened, my friend. <laughs> well, yeah, we um, definitely told some repeat ones, but I wonder. People uh, love that, though. They love to hear us repeat ourselves over and over. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If then they I would feel like, like they're part much. of the, the clan, the cult. Eventually. I suppose. I guess maybe it's appealing in the sense that it's like actual friends. Yeah. You know, your actual friend. I mean, actually, no, you don't. I don't know if we repeat anecdotes to each other that much. Hard to say. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, how you But doing? yes, I did. I ran a marathon and all you, the training is the hardest part because mm-hmm. it just takes so much damn time. You have to like spend three hours a day on it for like a couple months. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't have that time. But luckily I was unemployed. I don't think I'll ever be able to run a marathon again. I don't know. <laughs> no, you never it's know. a lot of work. It is. Yeah. I can I, I can imagine. It's so. It doesn't sound enjoyable. Oh, um, well, actually, I'll mention it later because first I want to hear about your weekend. Uh, it was fine. Um, work stuff going on. By the time you hear this, Max Fun, Maximum Fun, where I work, will have launched their newest podcast called Feeling Seen, a movie about uh, a podcast about movies that make us feel seen. And it's hosted by Jordan Cruciola. And we've been working on this for a long time and it's finally coming out. So please go subscribe and follow on podcast. You don't on all of your pod catching devices. Uh, listen to the show. It's really great. Can I ask uh, you, or is this yes. a surprise? What's the first movie that uh, Jordan's going to tackle? Uh, Jordan tackles uh, Midsommar, and Excellent. she speaks to the writer Emily Vanderwer, formerly the TV editor of the oh, AV yes. Club. Yeah. And she talks about how she felt seen by the character of Danny in Midsommar. Very cool. It's I love this premise. Episode. So each yeah. episode will have a different guest talking about a movie that they felt seen by. A movie character predominantly. Yeah, like one character. Uh, Ify Wadiwe is on the second episode, and he talks about Malcolm from the movie Dope. And cool. then the third episode is author Susan Orlean, which kind of ties into our so episode today. Excited! Susan for that. Orlean is talking about what it was like seeing Meryl Streep play her <laughs> in adaptation. <laughs> That's such and a the, cool get! I am so yeah, excited for that it's episode. Awesome! I can't so, believe you got her. She's a friend of the network, but yeah, oh, she's she awesome. Okay. She's so funny and nice and great. So I remember um, one of the. Th- First things that I read, I, I had seen adaptation, and then, um, but I never read The Orchid Thief. And then a few years later, um, I read a column by her in the New Yorker about uh, she had like one of those treadmill desks. Yeah, one of those just like charming, funny. She's very open thing. about who, her. Like she kind of went viral a couple months ago because she was drunk one night and oh. was on Twitter just <laughs> tweeting <laughs> yes, out a storm, and it was really that. funny. Uh, <laughs> she's a great. She's awesome. And the on the show you actually get to hear what it was like learning that not only was she going to be in the script but she was going to have a made up sex affair with somebody and do drugs and like it was just crazy so you have to listen to that but that ties into our episode today because that is also directed by spike jones written by charlie kaufman as well as being john malkovich but yes we'll get there people we'll get there we have some housekeeping before housekeeping oh i was gonna say um we are. I'm gonna. I'm not sure when I'm gonna put the t-shirt order in, but I'm. This there will actually be a t-shirt order like coming up pretty soon. Um, so if, if you, you are want interested a in a shirt, um, send me a message on Instagram or Twitter 
or patrons. To, and you know what, Case? I'm going to do something right now without checking with you. Whoa. Patrons okay. get a discount on shirts. If you're a Patreon supporter, what? you get the shirt for $15 free shipping. I agree. Great idea, Patrick. Thank you. So if you're a Patreon supporter, $15 free shipping. Come on. It's five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash farthousepod. Yep. Join the up. We people are already online clamoring how they want it to be a cult. Yeah. It's 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 become a problem in local law enforcement. A good problem <laughs> for us. Yeah, the money comes us. rolling in and the firearms as well. Uh, <laughs> we're stockpiling them. So yeah, we're on several different uh, watch, watch lists. lists. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You can't Google Fart House without ending up on one of those watch lists. Yes, exactly. But it's a really cool place to be. Oh, I don't know. This is getting scary now. Um, it's a really cool place to be. Come join the conversation. Yeah, that join will the be, conversation. That, See what's yeah, happening. Yeah, that'll be the in our, our cult uh, induction video. Join the conversation <laughs> with Patrick and Casey. Um, Patrick, but we have some patrons, some patrons we need to highlight here. Is that correct? Yeah, patrons we got a couple patrones. Um, first up, we have attorney at law from Knoxville, Tennessee, the great Grant Williamson. Now we love Grant. We love he's, Grant. He's a part of the conversation. He is. He is one of our biggest champions. He, we love him. We love him. He is always making sure that our names and our pod is out in the Twitterverse. He's engaging. He's cultivating content. Yes. <laughs> he will be one of the marshals in the cult, probably. One of the high yes. higher up, you know, yeah. he'll have certain or like uh, a lieutenant. status. Yeah, he's like a lieutenant, you know, who gets certain privileges yes. that others don't. Uh we love Grant. Thank you, Grant, for we being a patron. Grant. Patron of the farts. And uh so we have to give uh Parasite a fartsy score. Bong now Joon I've seen Parasite. Parasite. Me too. Have you seen Parasite? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should do that actually. That's I'm going to make a little note. That'd yeah. be a good one to do at some point. Uh, but for now, our score is beep boop boop beep beep minus seven point two. Okay, mine's seven point nine. Okay, so we'll do seven point five. Parasite seven point five. Moving on. Book Who's the Grant. next one? And then we got one more for today. And for those, we're doing two a week because we realize four is kind of tedious to listen to. So two a week. Uh, Dan Rarig. Uh, who yes. is cousin of a cousin. You remember we had this conversation about cousins of cousins not being cousins, but now it's determined that he is my cousin. Yes, it's all which I'm happy to hear that that was figured out. Yes, because that it's was been determined. hard for you. So, so Dan is from uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, uh, speaking and- of part of the conversation, what? Dan also is a lieutenant, I would say. Oh. <laughs> I would say so too. <laughs> yeah, we're very top-heavy administratively in this call. Dan, I think, was one of the first people who said... Sign me up. That's true. Where do I sign? Dan is where already I, on the record. Where do as... I put my trust fund to funnel into the cult? You know? Yeah. Dan is already on record as willing to be an expatriate to be uh, a part of this cult. <laughs> I think he is willing to give up his citizenship. He's. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So we have a lot of power. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. He didn't say that, but I'm sure he would. It was if implicit in what he had tweeted. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and his movie, his Fart House movie is High and Low. Akira Kurosawa is High and Low, mm-hmm. uh, which I have not seen, but I'm going to give it a score of eight. I'm going to give it an 8.3. Okay. 8.2 will settle on score. Yeah. High and Low. Very good. Thank you, patrons of the farts. You keep this locomotive running. Yes. And if you want to become one of these cool, they're so cool. So Aren't cool. they, Patrick? Yeah. The they're le- really it's, cool. It's pretty extraordinary. What we're hearing... On the kind of compliments they're getting, the kind of cachet they've built up. I think they're, I, I've heard that patrons of the farts are 80% more likely to have consensual sex uh, with uh, multiple lovers mm. out. So, um, yes, I've heard this too. It's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Specifically, so, that exact, uh, <laughs> exact description. That's <laughs> what I've heard. <laughs> so, it, you know, that seems like a good thing to me. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, more sex. So, more sex is always great. Yeah. It's good for the body, um, good for the mind. So come on in, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash farthousepod. Yes. <laughs> no better term for a sex cult than fart house. <laughs> join the conversation. <laughs> um, Patrick, we got to move on. Okay. We have to, even though I'm. there's so much more I want to explore with uh, 
with what we've we, we're diving into here. Yeah. Where am I? Letterboxed rundown, Patrick. We got to get to it. Yeah, we do. Let's let's get into it. Uh, how was your week? It was okay. Um, I would have liked to watch a little bit more, but um, sure. But I watched um, per your recommendation and wanting to see it for a long time. I watched To Die For, uh, Gus Van Sant. Oh yes, very good. I like that movie a lot. Really, really liked it. I, I thought great, it was one of my um, favorite Nicole Kidman performances. Oh, fantastic! And all the performances are really, really good. Matthew Dillon's like, and they're all like kind of like strange and not in like a yes. bad way. They're just like odd performances. And it's I feel a like very unique all, style. All of them are not like as the most famous they were in their career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Matt Dillon isn't as famous as he was before then probably. Mm-hmm. And Nicole Kidman isn't famous yet. Joaquin Phoenix isn't as famous yet. Casey uh, Affleck. Casey Affleck. Uh, fantastic yeah. film. So really enjoyed that. Good. Um, and then I watched a movie that I've been wanting to see forever. And it's always one that I think about picking up at the Criterion Collection sales, but never have for whatever reason. Um, it's with Robert Mitchum, the friends of Eddie Coyle, the 70s. Oh, I, I, I see that. Uh, it's been recommended to me before. It looks great. It kind of looks in the Mikey and Nicky genre a little bit, kind mm-hmm. of uh, 70s rough kind of movie, and I, I want to see it. I, I It looks great. I don't know if this is a totally appropriate characterization, but I would almost call it like an anti like an like an anti-crime movie like it's not it's just not your traditional like yeah. crime movie it's like kind of like mikey and nikki in that way it's there's a little yeah. bit more going on than there is in mikey and nikki but it was i really enjoyed Which the it millage count the millage percentage was very high in mikey and nikki yes. one of the highest we've seen in, it was in extraordinarily time. high millage and friends of eddie coyle has some millage but there's actually there's a lot more action too like there's okay, some high cool. scenes there's double crossing Robert Mitchum has a very intense and strange looking face. He does. And it's almost cart like I think he's a great actor and I and I love seeing him in movies, but it's almost like cartoonishly distracting. Because yes. it's like well, I feel like I've seen like a caricature of his performance in Night of the Hunter, where it he is like distorted and almost like um like caricature looking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's uh I think ultimately nice to have him around. Nice to have him in a yep. movie, but uh, you're playing with fire because it can veer into parody. So, yes. Anyways, those are the two I watched. What'd you get up to? Very good, Patrick. Very good. Um, I watched Dune. <gasps> yes. What'd you think? I really liked it a lot. Good. I loved it, actually. Good. I thought it was yes. great. I Excellent. gave it four and a half stars and Letterboxd. Love this. My same wonderful. rating. My same rating. Really? I. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like 80s sci-fi where it felt very practical. It didn't yes. feel heavy on the CG. And I'm sure it was, but it felt very tangible and real most yes. of it. It did. I I don't know if it's how it was shot or if they actually used more practical effects than the average big budget movie these days. But yeah, it looked really good. Well, there's like a lot of like things in fog too. And I feel like sometimes, I don't know. I think that helps obscure some of the effects so it feels more real, yeah. you know? So I thought it was awesome. It looked great. I want to watch it again, actually. I, w- I would like to watch it again too. I thought it was I want to watch really it on the enjoyable. big screen. Oh, did you watch it on HBO Max? I did. Oh yeah. Highly recommend seeing it in the theaters. Uh, then I watched, I, I, all of my movies are kind of tangentially related. Then I watched the guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal where he's like a cop on a, uh, he's like a 911 cop. That's new, right? Yeah. It was pretty good. I mean, it's an interesting concept. It's basically just him on the phone, the entire movie. So, but he's like a, um, like a 911 operator. Yeah. Uh, And he also has a dark past and you kind of see that reveal itself. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. It was good. It was, uh, yeah, it, basically someone calls 911. This woman has been kidnapped and it kind of it goes from there. It was good Ooh. though. It's like, it's a short film. Okay. It's like an hour and 20 minutes, I think. Also, I like, I just like the fact that anything other than Marvel movies are getting made. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you know, it's, it's a like... remake of a Danish film, but oh. I think it was like, it was cool. <laughs> Even still. <laughs> no, I think it's good. I think it's cool. It was directed by Antoine Fuqua who did Training Day. Oh, um, yeah. Anyways, and then the third film I watched was another Denis Villeneuve movie and a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. So it's kind of a... Was it Enemy? uh, It was Enemy. Yes. I loved it. I love Enemy. I thought it was great. One of Denis Villeneuve's best. It might be my favorite Denis Villeneuve. I think it's my favorite Denis Villeneuve. It's so good. What'd you think of the ending without spoiling? I liked the ending. Me too. It fit with how strange the film was. (laughs) Yeah, it did. I liked it. It looked like it could have been a Cronenberg movie. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it was in Toronto. Loving mm-hmm. it. Loving it. Okay, Patrick, that's Letterbox Rundown. We got to move on here. We got a lot to get oh, to. Oh, we got so fucking much, dude. 
Fart. Okay, so like I said, this is Fart House, where we watch the artsiest, fartiest films so that you can pretend you did, which is why we're talking about an artsy-fartsy classic, a, a pillar in my fart art house fartsiness mm-hmm. uh, life, being John Malkovich. Uh, we'll discuss being John Malkovich and subjected to our proprietary fartsy test, which determines just how impenetrable this movie really is. But Patrick, I must ask, have you seen this movie before and do you own it? Yes. And yes. Oh. And embarrassing. Did you watch the version you have? That's another subset of this question. It's funny that this is just with the move. It it has evolved into this. I did I own the I I just got so tired of looking through my boxes and I my DVDs are strewn about my garage. Like you I'll take a picture after this recording so you can see what a mess it is in the garage. I Ooh, just got horrifier so, pages. I got so stressed out and I didn't want to keep looking for it because yeah. I was running out of time. And I was like, all right, fuck it, whatever. I'll just pay for it on Amazon. So I bought, I rented it for three ninety nine on Amazon, even though I own the DVD. It's it in was my garage free on somewhere. Peacock. I, I watched have, it on I Peacock. Don't have peacock. The fuck? You have peacock? peacock is free. What do you mean Peacock's free? Peacock is a free service. There are things you can purchase in it, but it's a free service. I watched it for free. There were some ads, but not many. Oh, I don't want you. There were commercial breaks while you watched the yeah. movie. Oh, <laughs> that's unacceptable. Well, I will if you, not why you basically oh watched a TV movie, Mr. Hoity Toity. What? <laughs> Shut up. Was it edited too? <laughs> no, it wasn't edited. It looked fucking did it say fabulous shoot instead of shit. <laughs> no, they didn't. They didn't do Freak any of, of that. Fuck. None of that. Yeah, they didn't censor the puppet sex uh, <laughs> masturbation scene. Um, but fantastic. So, when what's your relationship with this movie? When did you see it for the first time? And who are you? <laughs> I wish that I could remember the first time that I saw it. I don't remember too clearly. I do know that I got it on um, Netflix DVD for the first time. And I saw it after Adaptation and after Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Those two Charlie Coffin movies I had seen prior to being John Malkovich. So, um, yeah, I, I loved those two films. And, you know, being the sort of, like, budding cinephile dork and a sort of completist, um, I wanted to see being John Malkovich. Also, it's just, I mean, we'll get into it as we talk about the movie, but this is the most bizarre and imaginative premise that it's got, like, of all the movies I've seen, it has to be in the top 5 to 10% of intriguing ideas Well, um, as a premise for a movie. Uh, it's like one of those movies where you kind of take it for granted that it exists. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. It was on. You know how I first saw it? It was on Comedy Central. With yes, some, yeah, I it remember was on it there pretty frequently. Central, That's yeah. how I first saw it. And you know what? I haven't watched this all the way through in so long, and I've seen this movie a bunch of times. It was such a fucking delight watching this. Oh, again. it was so I great. This was such, my. Sec- I, this is just my second time watching it. Maybe third, I, but I think I've second. seen it a lot over the years. But it's probably been over ten years. Um, and. God Almighty, it was so funny. I forgot how funny it was. Yeah. Like, it really it's is really a comedy. Funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's more so than, I feel like, even Adaptation or Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, two other Charlie Kaufman films. I feel like this was, like, really making me laugh. Yeah, it's like, hysterical. And I can't believe this. How did, you know, the podcast, how did this get made? Truly, how did this get made? I like, it's insane. No idea. Who I need to know, like, I'm not a huge fan of, like, those oral history pieces i mean they can be fun and interesting oh, I think they're fun yeah they can, but they're also really can be a lot to read but i would be yeah. really curious to know so like he did this movie charlie kaufman did this movie before called human nature did you see that incorrect patrick charlie Co- uh, human nature came out after human nature came john out malkovich. after being john malkovich are you I'm, sure i'm looking that up right now okay you might be right, but I think Human Nature is before being John Malkovich. I think Human Nature was like 97 or 98, and this was 99. Human Nature came out in 2001. Holy shit. So what so, was his first? This is his first movie. This is insane. We need to find how on earth does some... like He was a he... staff writer. He was a TV writer okay. before. And It's uh, like he must have had dirt on someone. Like he must have been blackmailing some it's executive crazy. to get this made. <laughs> Let me just, I'm just going to do a brief synopsis to bring people up to okay, speed yeah, yeah. who haven't seen synopsis. this movie. Uh, it's a very tight film, too. It is. I feel Wait, like bef- it really moves along. Before you get into the synopsis, did you do any sort of, like, I, I wanted to before the podcast, but then I was like, I don't know if it's that relevant, but I wanted to read about 
the pre-production process and everything. I, I read some of it. I have some did. research here. Okay, so you yeah. can share that with us after you talk. Someone about does this fucking homework for okay. this. Someone has <laughs> Shut to the do fuck that. Up. Hold it. Uh, so okay, so the movie it stars John Cusack as Craig Schwartz, who's kind of a pathetic loser, and but his passion is puppeteering. He's married to Lottie Schwartz, played by the wonderful Cameron Diaz. And he's just kind of unhappy with his life. And he gets a job as a filing clerk at this kind of bizarre company. And what floor is it on case? It's on the seven and a half floor. It's a tiny, and so everyone's crouching and walking around and it's very bizarre. There's an explanation. How much would you have to get paid to work on that floor? God, I feel like I work on the seven and a half floor right now. (laughs) I feel like the ceiling's coming down on me. But seriously, but seriously. I would, it would have to be a lot. I'm a short guy, so it would bother me less. Mm, Okay. I would kind of find, I would kind of enjoy it. But but hold on. I'm going to look up John Cusack's height though. Hold on. Let me look up. I think he might be a tall guy actually. Do you know how old he was when he made this movie? How old? Guess. You Uh, have to guess right now. 36. 33. I thought that was incredibly young. I thought he was like in his 40s at that time. But no, he, he's my age then. That's yeah, that is what. Oh, yeah. John Cusack is 6'2", everyone. Yeah, that'd be tough for him. So, yeah. That would be tough for him. And it did seem like some people did seem a little bit more comfortable than he did. But even, okay, yeah. let's say, okay, let's say it was to the point where it was uncom- as uncomfortable for John Cusack as it would be for you. $100,000 a year. Okay. You'd have to go in every day. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I would do it for that much. I would. I would consider it, but I don't know if I would. I, I got a, I got dreams, my man. I need money. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm just gonna finish up here. It's about Craig, Craig Schwartz finds a hole in the seven and a half floor that when you go into this portal, this hole, this little door, you can see through the actor. John Malkovich's eyes. You can see what he's doing, and you can kind of be him. And, and John hold on, Case, Q- I'm going to give instructions, yes. and then tell them to tell the people to pause. Because usually I tell them to pause, forget to give instructions, and then we yes. have to repause. But okay, so instructions now. So listeners, if you don't know who John Malkovich is, um, l- pause the episode and then l- and look him up, and look up John Malkovich, and you'll recognize him. He's got a very distinct look. So now pause. He's got a very distinct way of talking. Yeah, yeah. His, his manner of speech is very distinctive. All right, so now, so now you have the instructions. Now pause. Now come back. Now come back. And now you know what he you, looks in like. In a way, you have been John Malkovich for a little moment in time. <laughs> yes. And anyways, John Cusack works with this woman named Maxine, played by a, a beautiful Catherine Keener. Mm-hmm. And they kind of come up with this business where people can come and go into John Malkovich's head. Anyways, John Cusack is falling in love with Maxine and... It becomes this torrid love triangle with Maxine, Cameron Diaz, John Cusack. Have you noticed that Catherine Keener has looked the same age her entire life? Yes, it's, I know. It's frustrating. It's kind of like... She looks um, the exact same Yeah, now. it's like the same thing with... um, uh, What's her name? We mentioned it on another podcast. Um, Amy Brenneman. They just look the same yep. always. Yeah. The same exact age. Uh, But John Cusack figures out how to control John Malkovich and he takes over his body... And be, and transitions into becoming a famous puppeteer, but things fall apart. Wait, did you did you mention why he wanted to be? A, did you mention that Craig was a puppeteer? Did you mention that? At yes, the top? I did. Okay, I did. I mentioned that at the top. So, anyways, things go downhill quickly, though. Even though things seem to be good, you know, he, Maxine and him are together, but things are not as they seem. Mm-mm. No, they are not. Patrick. Would you go into and so they're charging like dopes to be John Malkovich for 15 minutes because it it spits you out. You go in, you're John Malkovich for 15 minutes, and then it spits you out on the side of the New Jersey Turnpike, mm-hmm. and they're charging just losers and idiots. They kind of look like us, frankly. Do you oh. think it's ethical to charge? Let like let's put aside whether or not it's even ethical to do this, it, which mm-hmm. is probably not even ethical to do this. I don't think it is, but, but go on. Let's say in some universe it was ethical to go inside someone's mind and control them or experience them. Okay. Would it be ethical to charge for it, or should it be free to whoever would like to experience it? No, I think it. Uh, I think it's so unethical, unethical to allow people to do that. That charging is just like a little sprinkle on top. I don't. Right, think that but we're in an equation. alternate universe where ethically it's acceptable to do this. It's now the money portion that we're trying to determine. This is too confusing. I'm lost. I don't. It's as if I have become John Malkovich. I'm basically and just I'm trying to. About who I am I'm now. trying to determine how dedicated to capitalism you are. 
I <laughs> shut up. Would you pay two hundred dollars to be John Malkovich for fifteen minutes? I absolutely would. That price seemed low to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about that is so intriguing to you, Patrick? Are you kidding? You wouldn't want to pay two hundred dollars to be John Malkovich for fifteen minutes. Honestly, I'm not that interested in it. What? To literally be inside of another person's brain. Who would yeah, you pay two hundred dollars to be? In Did the- you notice? Maxine never does it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't notice it until you mentioned it. Did I just blow your mind? You kind of did in the sense I want. I mean, she. So Maxine is very much in love with John Malkovich slash Craig slash. No, see, Lottie, Maxine but- is in love with Lottie, but only when Lottie is inside of John Malkovich's body. But then she kind it's of fell for confusing. Craig a little bit. Like, why? Why else did she hang Lottie out to dry and start? Because pers- he had power. Because Craig discovered how to control the Malkovich body, and she was entranced by that but she never fell out of love with lottie mm, that's true that's true you know what i mean yeah so um, there yeah uh but so wanna... you thought 200 was low how I'd much th- would you pay to be john malkovich you <laughs> sicko. 200's probably around. <laughs> but i mean that's a low th- like if you because there's some i don't i don't maybe i'm overestimating the amount of people that would want to be John <laughs> but it's I not love... even so much the fact that it's John Malkovich it's just that it's I mean that's what makes the movie genius is that it's like is there any other actor that it could be well they said that... in the, okay so I have a quote why Charlie Kaufman picked John Malkovich okay, okay. he said he chose Malkovich because he believed there was a quote enigmatic quality about him that works it's true um, though Malkovich was partly chosen because of the sound of his name and repetition. Mm-hmm. Kaufman explained that when we were thinking of alternatives, we found them, that a lot of them weren't fun to say. Um, <laughs> so it, it's kind of the name. It's it's who he is. It's just this perfect kind of combination. Yeah, it's, and when they, it's alchemy. And so he, they pitched it to John Malkovich, and he was like, why can't this be being Tom Cruise? Why does it have to be me? <laughs> And they're and this other kind of like it's because you're weird and like the name is weird and John Malkovich was kind of like half intrigued half horrified by the idea because he was like if I say yes and the movie sucks and is a flop I'll be connected to this movie forever yeah but or if I say yes and it's really good I'll still be connected to this movie forever. And either way, I'm, I'm fucked. Yeah. And he was like, or I say no, and it's a big hit, and I didn't get to do it. Yeah. Like he was like, he was like, every option sucks for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, you have to hand it to John Malkovich. I mean, it doesn't it just make you like him as a person that he oh, said yes to do this so movie? So much. So it's like so. It's so appealing of, of him as a person. Did I tell you that I met him before at eFilm? No. What yeah. was he like? Uh, so I knew that he was a huge college basketball fan. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I had, I, I came, made some comment about Cal. He came into E-Film um, and I was at the front desk and I made some comment about college basketball. I can't remember what it was. And uh, he was he was he was like short, but he was very friendly. Like he was like very receptive. He doesn't and kind seem particularly nice. Yeah. He wasn't like like overly friendly. Like yeah. effusive, but he was like polite and courteous and I he, kind, I appreciate I he doesn't seem to take himself seriously or too seriously. Like I think people think that he does, but yeah, I don't think that he actually but that's, does. But that's what's so good about him is because he comes across as a guy who takes himself more seriously than anybody, but he actually doesn't. Right. It's like yeah, this exactly. weird this weird combination, you know? <laughs> Remember him? In, I think, what do you think is his best performance? I think it's between oh my this God. or Burn After Reading. <sighs> I was thinking Burn After Reading. Um, he's really good in Art School Confidential, if you ever saw that movie. No, I've not seen that. He plays like this art teacher that's like a, a kind of not well-known artist, and he's just like an asshole idiot, and that's pretty <laughs> funny. Um, I've never seen Dangerous Liaisons, which is supposed to be really good, one of his best roles. Me neither. Um, well, now I kind of want to uh, hold on. I'm going to look at his filmography because I feel like there's one that I'm forgetting about. Ah, uh, the 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 other one I was thinking of was um, Color Me Kubrick. Have you seen that? Oh, I haven't seen Where that. He pretends to be Stanley Kubrick. It's partially based on a true story. Oh it's my god, so good. You know, it's another good one. We've talked about it on this very show. What? Con Air. Oh yes, Con Air. Oh, uh, I think he's his, wonderful. What's his name again? His nickname? It's like some rhyme. Cyrus the Virus. Cyrus. 
Oh, oh my fantastic. God. Yeah, no, I just it's such an incredible film and it's written by Charlie Kaufman and Spike Jones and they do it they did they did adaptation together after this. Mm-hmm. Well, aren't you I've, Spike Jones, I feel like he hasn't done anything in so long. Her was his last movie and that was 2013. That was 2013. Yeah, just think of like so he oh did Oh my god. Like Charlie Kaufman, he wrote Adaptation or being John Malkovich, adaptation and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, those all came out within five years of each other. What a fucking run. And he has come out with movies since then, and I like those movies, but those three in particular feel joined and specific and Mm -hmm. so like extraordinary. Yeah, I agree. What a run. It's a triptych in a way. It is a triptych. I would say that. Um, one of the three first, little frames right next to each other. One of the first movies I reviewed for the Daily Bruin at UCLA. Was, I didn't know you were a viewer for the a critic for the Daily Bruin. You didn't know that. You have been keeping me in the dark. I'm sure I told you that at some. You point. have never revealed this to me. I don't know. I'm sure I told or you. Or our time. listeners, for that matter. <laughs> I uh, I'm very very reticent to uh, to share this. Uh, okay. Or I mean, share it like on socials. I'll share oh, it talking about it. But there's a link to. I wrote a review of Synecdoche, New York. Ah, and it's, it's the most. Actually, I'm gonna look it up and maybe I'll read a line from it because it's so college Did student like blowhard. Oh, I loved it. I lo- okay loved it. I like that movie, but that movie is to me is not as good as those three. I I just said. oh no, I agree. It's 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 not as good as and- because I love. I think Synecdoche, New York is is a work of genius but i think it's like unbounded it's like it's um... yeah <laughs> unbounded i think that spike jones and michelle gondry are both kind of similar directors and they have a levity to them and a darkness and i think that they are able to bring something to charlie kaufman's movies that he can't bring to his own movies and directing because i just feel like all the movies that charlie kaufman has written and directed they're so dour so dour. you know what i mean Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna read. This is awful. Oh my god, I'm like getting so flush. <laughs> the temperature in this room went up 20 degrees. Patrick right, is red as a tomato right so now. So this is. Uh, I wrote this on October 23rd, or it was it was published October 23rd, 2008, in the Daily Bruin Screen Scene by Patrick uh-huh. Mel. <laughs> Uh, I'm just gonna read one one part of it. The most ridiculous. This can be part. your pretentious thing. Yeah, this will be my. Pre- this will be my well, it's about Synecdoche, New York, but yeah, that's okay. But it still, it you still can applies. Apply. It, this this actually still applies to being John okay, Malkovich. Cool. Summarizing the film is a near impossible task. Communicating the brilliance of this film using language as it is known to man seems to be outside. <laughs> I can't get through it without laughing. Seems outside the realm of possibility. The movie grew. <laughs> Go on. I'm not. Also, I'm not like I'm sober. I'm, and I'm laughing like I'm shit faced because it's so insane. The movie grapples with the metaphysics of humanity in an unprecedented fashion. Whoa. One senses cannot help but be overwhelmed by the ethereal of this film. Man, you really went oh ham on this movie. God, I'm I'm literally like sweating. That is so wild. You really love, man, you really went all in. It's like, did you like it? Jesus Christ. I'll just read the, what I, my, the last part. Many will find the film sluggish and inaccessible, but the patient will appreciate what it has to say about the mortality of man and our collective refusal to acknowledge that the continuous work of our life is to build to death. Which is actually the a quote patient. For- <laughs> Thank the patient. I know. I'm a- <laughs> the patient will understand. I know. I'm like automatically sorting people into... <laughs> into bins That's there's the so... patient and then there's everyone else there's, and then there's the unwashed masses <laughs> oh my god sorry for that tangent oh but, no but... i love that we'll uh, link to that in all of our socials don't worry you guys can read the full review of synecdoche <laughs> new york but back to being john malkovich patrick yeah don't you feel sad i feel like both john cusack and cameron diaz don't make they never made movies like this ever again 
you know no i don't good Cameron movies. Diaz, definitely not which is a shame because she's really really good in this i know I, she did gangs of new york after this which is a more serious fare, i would say but she I was, was also miscast in gangs of new york i don't think it was a good performance no and i don't I, think, but it's I her think fault. she was really good in this and yes. it made me sad that she wasn't in more roles like this you know yeah I agree. like she did Instinct. it really well she was so lovable and you just kind of felt for her she's so sympathetic and she is in some ways the hero of the film because uh, uh because craig is so loathsome and maxine is so kind of evil sometimes yeah and lottie is just like the heart you just really feel for her yeah exactly she is definitely the emotional center of the film and that bears out too if like how much she loves her animals and takes care of them and she's just a very empathetic she she works at a pet store but her she doesn't seem to own the pet store but she has all sorts of animals in their right which in typical like uh typical like pop culture fashion they're not that their place was nice, but on no planet could people of their means afford a place of that size. Yeah, a lowly puppeteer and a a, a pet store worker. They had this huge apartment and he had a workshop huge. for his puppets in there. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. God. Oh, the, you oh. know, the last thing that he did that I think any that people would consensus say is good. And it was just came out. I mean, he must have filmed it around the same time. High Fidelity came out the year after. Yeah, no, those two were like the same year or just right around each other. But I feel like he hasn't. Those are two fantastic movies. Yeah. Although I did really love Identity. Did you see Identity? No, I didn't see it. I loved that movie. Uh, But he kind of became like an action Nicolas Cage type guy. You know, he does a lot of weird kind of genre movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. He's in 2012, a truly terrible film. (laughs) Roland Emmerich's 2012. Yeah, looking Um, at his um, his filmography is pretty. He did a really bad. Ed Grellen Poe movie looked horrendous. <laughs> and a, he was in The Butler and The Paperboy, two Lee Daniels disasters, oh, which is pretty God. great. Yeah, I mean, the 90s was, I think it, this was a confluence of things where it's like music video directors were like very, or more famous mm-hmm. because of MTV then. And so they had a little more sway to like get a movie like this made, get to do whatever they wanted to. I don't think people have that kind of power anymore. No. No one, this is so so wacky that a movie like this got made it's so great i wonder if there is a um i wonder if there's any example that like any sort of like hardcore cinephile or just like pop culture nerd would know of of like a of a music video director who was given the reins to like some big movie and it was a total debacle or like a total flop is there anything you can think of like i'm like, sure there is i mean so I feel many like there's got to be some example out come there. from music videos you know i feel like a lot of these music video directors from the 90s like michelle gondry or spike jones or david fincher who makes an appearance in this movie which is very funny david uh, fincher does yeah he's the la times critic and he's in the documentary talking about uh malkovich oh as a yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, i didn't notice that was david fincher yeah but there are some like guys who like never quite took off like there's the director uh Mark Romanek. He did yes, one hour Mark photo. Romanek. That's the one I'm thinking of. That was okay. And then Anton Corbin, he did like The American with George Clooney. Those guys never quite got there. Yeah. You know? I think Romanek the... was the one I was thinking of. I don't think either of those he also did Never Let Me Go. Yeah. Um, which I didn't love the book to begin with, so the movie to me was uh, was a little bit underwhelming mm, trisha loves that book and movie yeah i mean it's 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 good i just didn't i didn't love it but yeah i just feel like not some of them didn't quite take off but they still got to make a few movies you yeah know? so they're they're doing fine but yeah. like um they're oh, and completely i feel like jonathan glazer is another really successful uh yeah. like what's one these... of his more famous music videos i'm blanking because i know Romanek he did and, um and Corbin. he does one one of his famous Music videos, his are a little darker, is like he did a radio head one where it's just mm. a car chasing a guy down a dirt road. I can't remember. Let me see. Oh, we did a Nick Cave yeah, music video, Massive Attack. Yeah, Karma Police by uh, Radiohead was a big one. Jamiroquai, Virtual Insanity, that's one of his big ones. Remember that? Futures made up, virtual insanity. Like oh, the yes. floor is moving all over yeah, the place. Uh-huh. Um uh, and then he did another one with uh, Denis Levant, who's um, he's a French actor. 
uh, for that band Uncle. He's mm-hmm. like walking through. I don't know. Anyways, he's ha- he has a few. They're kind of darker, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, a lot of those guys found incredible success. Yeah, this is wild. It is wild. Which, uh, it seemed like a time, and a lot of them were like, "Oh, I was doing something else," and they asked me to direct a music video, and I was like, "Okay." Like it seemed like that's like a lot. How a lot of them stumbled into it. Yeah, and it was like frustrating. I feel like there's not as much creative cultivation. Yeah, in the world, I for, agree. like or like a money being put into sort of creative video work like that you know yeah no not like it at least not like it once was um did you um spike jones did the fat boy slim one with christopher walken right yep. yeah that's like an iconic music video he's done he did the praise you too which is like they have that dance troupe in UCLA oh, yes, near yeah. uh, in westwood um patrick what else do you want to say about this movie uh well not so much about the movie but you know in the spirit of being in else in someone else's mind yes um of all your friends and relations so like Trisha me Sean uh your family who would you want to whose brain would you want to who who whose mind would you want to go into who would you want to be who would I want to be I, and you know I think this would it, I don't control them I just kind of get to watch yeah because and we saying. should clarify that too I mean I think we kind of mentioned it but like really when people go into John Malkovich they can't control him the only one that ever gets the ability to is John Cusack's character because yes he's, because he's a puppeteer and he has puppeteer. such faculties so for some reason uh, you know everyone has such uh, most of my friends have such uh, boring lives that I'm not too I would actually say you Patrick I want to <laughs> see what is going on <laughs> In a 15 minute span of time. The interesting thing though is I don't think you would see, mm. you you wouldn't like hear my thoughts. You would just see what I was doing or what I was, hear what I was saying. Yeah. Like it's, but it's, I want to see, I'd like to put a little GoPro on your head, see where you go, <laughs> see what you see. <laughs> I wonder if there's any way we can arrange that for you. I bet there's, if you want to put a GoPro on your head and go out like to bars, I would watch. Would you pay $200? Uh, hmm. Yeah, I would. Wow, cool. <laughs> Maybe that's now, another who am I tier of Patreon. To the video team. Or, that's a, yes, that's another. That's a Patreon tier, <laughs> right below the Villa tier. The you, being Patrick Malantier. Yeah, the, the, just a live stream from my <laughs> from a GoPro in my head. Patrick, do you have a favorite puppet-related movie? Uh, yeah, Dolls. <clears throat> I think that counts. What's dolls? It's this super cheesy horror movie where like nice. dolls puppets. Come, come Have alive. you ever seen the Double Life of Veronique? Um, yes, There's yeah, a lot of love Double Life of Veronique. Yes. Uh, do you think a movie that is not about puppets, but is made like would would um, Team America count? I put that on my list. It counts. Okay. All right. We're loose interpretation. Pinocchio. Yeah. yeah. Pinocchio. Uh, the Sound it, of Music, there's a very defining puppet scene. Yes. High on a hill was a lonely goat herd lay, hood lay, hood lay. And what kind of animation is Anomalisa, another Charlie Cobb? Is it like a stop motion? That's stop motion. Stop motion, yeah. Which I love A Anomalisa. movie I haven't seen. It's really good. I highly, it's, it's ultra depressing. Oh my God. Do you have a uh, Bruin review of that film for me? No, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that came out after I graduated. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, last I question so. before we get to the first yes. test. If you were to remake this, it's kind of a variation on who else could be it, but if you were to remake this movie, who would you make as like... Oh, with a John Malkovich type? Yeah, with a John Malkovich type. That's very interesting. I have uh, one. Let me think about it. It's someone kind of like... It has to be someone enigmatic, mm-hmm. and this sort of seems like a, a weird once... like out of touch with reality oh i i have one i think tilda swinton oh that's a, that's better than mine that's a very good one i was gonna say rami malek oh that's good i, I could see that rami malek's kind of a funny name and he's yeah it's and he's like just he he's kind of, of like <laughs> i don't know he's just kind of has a similar vibe about him like he's kind of seems like he's really serious but also seems just like a normal dude Michael know. Shannon might be another one too. Oh, Michael Shannon would be fat. I think Michael Shannon and Tilda Swinton are the definitive. The answers definitive to that answers question. to that. Yeah. All right, moving on to the farty tests. Patrick, we're here. We mm-hmm. did it. We're at Thanks the farty test. Thanks for bearing test. with me. I kind of, I kind of drew out the 
the, the part before. No, you didn't. No, bit. you didn't. Right. We're here. We're safe. We're right. both safe inside the Fartsy <laughs> test. We, we made it. This is where our scale that gauges how impenetrable, unapproachable, and generally artsy-fartsy a movie is. We continually add and subtract from the list. It's a living document, much like the Constitution, but far more important. Patrick, is there any music? Yes. Yes. A lovely score by Carter Burwell, mostly known for collaborating with the Coen brothers. Heart-wrenching score. And there's a lot of great classical music in it, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. One of the best scenes in this movie is when uh, Craig takes over John John Malkovich's body and does, like, a puppetry dance with the body. And he's like, it's so silly and ridiculous, but it's, like, moving and, like, phenomenal also there is so i'm gonna ask you to do a drop here during the very famous scene when john malkovich goes into the portal into his like john malkovich himself goes into the john malkovich discovers the portal and he's like i'm going in and they're like i don't know if that's a good idea but he does it anyway and so he goes in and you know what explain what's in there so when he goes in there he's sitting at a table across from a woman with a big bust and he starts scanning upwards from the bust to the face and he's staring back at himself and he starts looking around and it's all a bunch of Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. Everybody's <laughs> face is John Malkovich. Everybody is John Everyone Malkovich. There the are children that are John Malkovich, <laughs> old people, women, all of them are John Malkovich. And Malkovich's they show the face. menu of the restaurant and every dish is Malkovich. Everything is priced at Malkovich price. There's no language other than saying the word Malkovich and everyone's going Malkovich, Malkovich, but what Malkovich. Me- Malkovich! <laughs> and what made me think of it is like there's like this piano singer like lounging like this yes. in this like sexy dress and it's John Malkovich's head on this beautiful woman's body singing Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. 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 Oh. Someone kind of accidentally. That's not really suicide, though. I know what you mean, kind of, though. No. Uh, the answer is no. No, there is no. Uh, does someone masturbate? Is there a penis in this movie? Now, I'm going to say yes, there is masturbation because there is a puppet masturbation scene. Mm-hmm. At the beginning. Where two puppets are masturbating to each other. <laughs> and an onlooker. And they, and this John Cusack is doing this puppet show on the street. And a child is watching it. And the child's father is like, what the fuck? And punches John <laughs> Cusack in the him. face. <laughs> would is you be that upset artist? if you were a father and you saw... No, I wouldn't. I would just be would like... Would you say anything? I don't think I would. I, I think I would just be like, I would just be like, oh, God, this guy's a fucking sicko. Yeah. Like, I would be just, I don't even know if I would say it. I'd just be like, all right, kind of be like, yeah. oh, man, whoa. Like, all right, let's, let's, it's time we go. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, this psycho just punches him in the this face. New Yorker punches John Cusack in the face. <laughs> oh, goodness. Are, are there topics, images, or behaviors that go beyond what would be considered acceptable in a mainstream film? <laughs> this movie is so out there. Like the it's it was like a mainstream movie. It was like released by a studio, but it's so the uh, premise is so absurd. It's I can't believe it. I can't believe this movie got made. It's crazy. <laughs> yes, it's I I don't I, I I don't get it. There needs to be a this is a movie that I think would be very fascinating to have a book on or a yeah documentary on because it's just everything about it is utterly unique and unlike it's literally unlike anything that's ever been made before which is a pretty cool thing to like lay claim to as charlie kaufman well it's interesting okay so this movie charlie kaufman wrote a movie about john malkovich and had to be like okay here's this movie about like presented to him fearfully and luckily it was accepted but then for adaptation too he did the same thing to susan orlean he had to be like i make this is you this is about you but i make you do crazy disgusting things that you would never do in real life and like you're i'm we're nervous to present and it's funny you should listen to the episode of feeling scene because susan goes into exactly how it was pitched to her and like the process of that and how the agent was like here, have a drink. And she was like, it's like one in the afternoon. He's like, just have a drink. It's on me. Like, it was like this whole charade. And like, she's like, what the hell is going on? Because she had no idea. Because she had had other movies made from her stories. Really? What was another one? Is it Blue Crush. 
Blue Crush was a Susan Orlean column? It was a New Yorker piece, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. My brother Jeffrey loved Blue Crush. People love Blue Crush. It's but she movie. thought it was going to be a similar thing. She had no idea she was going to be in the movie. You know, yeah. like as a character. I don't, so I don't know was, why any author would ever think that was going to happen. Truly. Um, yeah. And it's funny because at first she says going to say no, but they kind of, they don't trick her, but they say like, well, if you don't say yes, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And you should listen to it. It's quite funny how it all worked out. Also, it's funny. The first thing that Susan says on the show is just to clear things up. Everything in the movie is true. And it was very funny because it clearly was not true. Um, can Peanut start watching this movie, being John Malkovich, after 8 p.m. without falling asleep? Yes. Isn't it? It moves, man. Yeah, it's a tight movie. As as and like heady as it is. To it. Yeah, it has a lot of momentum. And like you were saying um, earlier, it's really funny. It's just a really funny it's movie. It's really funny. <laughs> you know what? You know what part really made me laugh for what? some reason? The part that I thought was really funny is when John Cusack is running yeah. down the street really fast. Do you remember that? He's yeah. like, <laughs> it, it was almost like sped up. I was like, yes. what is going on here? It's so strange. You know, this is a really stupid observation, but it's, uh, I just realized it. But both Cusack and Malkovich were in Con Air together. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> you know what else is funny? I was thinking about in this movie, there's a chase scene through someone's brain. And also in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, there's a chase scene through someone's like subconscious. Yeah, also. very similar. It's similar staging. You can, and it's what's cool too is you can see like the the thread, like the the Kaufman thread, and then you can yeah. see how Spike Jones and uh, Michelle Gondry how they direct it differently and depict it differently. It's really cool. Yeah, it'd be fun yeah. to do like a side by side of those particular sequences. Totally, I think. Yeah, they're they're doing very different things, but. This is kind of a pointless question, but I'm going to put it to you anyways. If you had to say which one is better, being John Malkovich or Eternal Sunshine of Mind, which we say is better? Oh, that I can't say. I think they're both perfect. Yeah. Like it's com- comparing two diamonds. I know. I think, bo- you know? I think, like you were saying before, the run of adaptation, being John Malkovich and Eternal Sunshine. I, I, for me, those three movies are literally perfect. They're five star movies. Yeah, I, I can't really compare them. It, it comes down to preference because yeah. I think they're all perfectly executed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I had a favorite, I would say it's adaptation. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I would say mine is Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, and I love Eternal Sunshine. I think Eternal Sunshine is the one, maybe it's the best in the sense that it was able to appeal to so many people. Out, it, even outside it gets of the artsy, to a more realm. emotion. There's a more of an emotional core to that one that that is lacking from adaptation. And yes, yeah, being John Malkovich, not in a th- those are. Not, I don't think those movies require that. Right. I think it's, it's the script is that. different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, is there an inordinate amount of milling about so much so this could be retitled the 2013 comedy with Jason Sudeikis, where the Millers? No, like I don't think so. Mm, not really. And I guess well, there's kind of some milling when they, like when they're inside of John Malkovich. Yeah, he's like eating toast or ordering towels yeah. on the phone. <laughs> yeah. But I guess in the spirit of that question, inordinate amount, I, I think I agree with you. I don't think, I think the answer is kind of mostly no. Yeah, I think it's pretty tight. Yeah. Pretty tight. Uh, poster titillation level. Medium high Very for me. Very high. Yeah. Now, which which poster comes to your mind? Uh, where it's the three, where it's like... Um, it's like I think it's like a silhouette of John Malkovich, and then it's like the three of them, uh, Catherine Keener, Cameron Diaz, and John Cusack, kind of like looking down through the portal. Let me look the one I'm thinking. No, okay, so there's that one. That one's pretty titillating. But I was thinking of the one where it's like a million John Malkovich heads. Oh yes, I forgot about that titillating. poster. They're yes. both great. I would say that so, one is even higher than the other one I'm thinking of. Yeah, the a million. <laughs> Everything about John Malkovich is perfect. His name, the way he talks, like the fact that he's really tall. Yeah. He's bald. He his face is very strange. Like, not even strange, but it's like Yeah, because he's like he's like handsome, but like I, I don't know how to describe Yeah, he's just he's And he plays himself and, as like such a loser. Like he has that like tourist New York hat on to go like <laughs> infiltrate. Also the, his apartment uh, is like pretty like kind of Blank. Small. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's like I know New Old. York is expensive, and I know John Malkovich isn't like Tom Cruise in terms of his earning potential. But sure at that time, he kind of was. But yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it apparently, got turned down by New Line Cinema head Robert Shea, who's in charge. He was in charge of New Line Cinema, and he passed on it because he was like, "Why can't we? Why can't we make this being Tom Cruise?" <laughs> and, you know, I do think. 
they're like, it can't be. They were just like, it can't be. Sorry. I do think, though, Tom Cruise's performance in... There's two performances that make me think if it was being Tom Cruise, I think it could have been... It'd be a fundamentally different movie, but I think it could have been good. There's performances in Magnolia and Tropic Thunder. But no, here's the thing, though. He's too famous. Because John yeah, Malkovich, yeah. he doesn't take over the movie. Like, if every scene that Tom Cruise isn't in, his shadow would be cast over yeah, every scene. True. Where you forget about John Malkovich when you're in the scenes with... <laughs> but his name is recognizable enough. That's yeah. the thing. Like, it's perfect. Oh, it's, it's perfect. so perfect. Well, That's got to be, the like, pretend- the best surname of all... Just Malkovich. 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 Oh, my God. Well, Malkovich. Patrick, we already did the pretentious thing. Yeah. And it was pretentious. Oh, shit. <laughs> Just go back and listen to that. Uh, and that was about Synecdoche, New York. But it, it, it's really but it applies, doesn't any it? film. <laughs> that, that sentence could be applied to any, anything on any, Earth. Literally anything. <laughs> A sandwich. Um, Patrick, yeah. we've come to the end here. What is your score for this film? I'm kind of torn between two that are kind of slumming around in my head. I'm going to go 6.8. Ah. I'm going to go 7.5. Okay. So I was I was seven. going with 7.2. It's and then such I, an unusual premise yeah, is the thing. That's but why. It's, but it's not like confusing what's no. going on. I mean, I it's guess it, it does get a little confusing when they kind of are like, basically, we didn't even touch on this, but basically like Cameron Diaz uh, goes to the home of, uh, what's his name? Fucking John Cusack's boss. Who? Well, it, it's it almost turns like nothing out, worth getting into. That uh, let's shit not was even get confusing. into it. Yeah, it's basically like too... kind of a confusing side story that tries to explain the sort of science how it or whatever exists. how the portal into John Malkovich exists. And they don't even really explain it. But there's a bunch of people that are going to go in the head of John Malkovich <laughs> all at once and live in there. And that's not really explained how that's going to work no. either. But <laughs> but uh, it's but it's like it's funny and intriguing and like and I think yeah. kind of a metric that we've used before. It's like if this were like. You know, it was on Comedy Central. Like, I feel like some people, like, if they were going through cable and they got yeah. into watching oh, it, it, they would stick it, around. It, and every scene is, like, funny and, like, moves and there's a point to it. And mm-hmm. it's, like, very, it's a well-crafted film. Yeah. You and know? very recognizable Be- beyond, stars. Yeah. And it, beyond it being a bizarre and interesting concept, like, the film is crafted really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Patrick, do you have a drink pairing? Yes. So I was hoping to find, uh, so after watching it, I was hoping to find like an interview where John Malkovich talked about his favorite cocktail or something like that. Uh, okay. But um, he actually uh, is involved with winemaking. And that so I found this, I found this, I found this interview where he, he's one of his favorites are Californian Pinot Noirs. He likes the richer California. Uh, I can totally see that. So I would, uh, if you want to feel like John Malkovich, if you want to be John Malkovich while you're watching being John Malkovich, pour yourself a glass of a nice Californian Pinot Noir. You know what? Uh, I was thinking about if I had a drink pairing for this, hmm. I'll go on the other side. This will be if you want to be the pathetic John Cusack, you could drink a Miller Genuine Draft in a bottle, <laughs> MGD, which I don't feel like you see around that much. No, MGD is pretty hard to. F- I remember the. It was very the, big in the Midwest. It was very big in like the '90s in the Midwest. Well, you know the and first you could find a lot of first time I ever had MGD. Where was at? Um, well, now it's called Guaranteed Rate, but at the time it was U.S. Cellular, South Side of Chicago, seeing the White Sox. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was so I was like so excited. I was like, Miller it's Genuine fine. Draft. It's just like a light beer, and that's the beer that John Cusack's drinking yeah. throughout the whole movie. Oh, MGD, we could have also that's... done a carrot juice, which is oh yeah, <laughs> carrot juice. They, yeah, because the uh, Doctor Lester drinks that mo- the carrot juice <laughs> yeah. throughout the whole movie. Uh, MGD. Somebody described that as the label of beer you find in the woods. <laughs> Like that is just kind of like my image of it. That's a fantastic characterization. Uh, oh my gosh, Patrick, we did it. We, we did got it. to another episode. How are you feeling? Really about good. This, this was so fun. It was fun. I was, I I was so excited after I watched this movie. Me too. Really I was, was very excited. Born to talk anew to in you. my eyes. It mm-hmm. was even better than I remembered it. Mm-hmm. I liked it more this time than any other previous viewing. Yeah. Same. God. Wow. Movies man. Movies, man. Movies, man. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this episode on Thursday, our Patreon episode, the recalibration episode comes out. Oh, yes. Yes. Showgirls. Showgirls. So if you want to listen to that episode, if you're intrigued by that, become a Patreon member. Patreon.com slash Pod. 
We're going to be Join talking. The community. We're going to be talking boobs. We're going to be talking sparkles. We're going to be talking pool sex. We're going to be talking. What else are we going to be talking? Versace. <laughs> we're going to be talking Gina Gershon, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Berkeley, Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. Uh, we're talking eating s- dog food. Stardust. Um, <laughs> Oh, it's going to be everything you've ever wanted in a podcast. It's going to be great. Cisco and Ebert called it All About Eve and a G-string. Did they? Yeah. At least according to the box set. Okay. Wow. It would be strange if they made... That would be really funny if all the the pull quotes on the box set were made up. (laughs) You know who's on a few boxes? Who? My friend Alonzo Duralde. Oh, he is? Yeah, he's on the Jupiter Ascending box. Oh, that's box. pretty cool. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's our show, everybody. Like we said, become a member, a uh, Patreon member. Patreon.com slash FarthousePod. Thank you. Uh, Twitter, follow us, FarthousePod. Become a part of the conversation. Instagram, FarthousePod. Patrick's Twitter is at Patrick R. Mallon. His letterbox is at Pierre Mallon. And you can follow me at Casey Lee O'Brien on everything. Also... If you want us to talk about a specific movie and we approve it, you can Venmo Patrick at Patrick-Mallon. $100. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you need to get it approved beforehand. Yes. We do have one in the pipeline. We will address it One's in time. In the pipe. But one is in the pipeline. We will be doing it sometime in the next few weeks Very so. excited about it. I've actually already seen the movie that's in the pipe. Yes. Excellent. So, exciting stuff. And Anyways, reiterate, we got shirts. Get a shirt. Shirts. Become a fart head. Do Rep it. Rep Fart House around town. Do it. Do it. People love Do it. it. Uh, well, that's it, Patrick. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling really good. Me too. What are you going to do I now? Exor- I exercised today for the first time in months. Good for Maybe you. Maybe months, but in a while. Good and I couldn't you. believe I actually did it. Thank did you. Did you use your maxi climber or something else? I did. I climbed. Cool. Maxi style. <laughs> uh, right now, I got another recording right after this. Oh, the that's right. Film. That's Not right. really looking forward to it, but that's okay. It's going to be a great show. We're talking about The Heart of They Fall. Check it out. All right, cool. Uh, all right, Patrick, that's us. All the right. Cinephile Cuties, we are signing off. Bye-bye, Case. Patas. 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 Patas.